may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to another episode of The View from the Ninian, where for the first time in about 18 games, we're celebrating a win in London, at QPR, at Loftus Road, in Shepherd's Bush, in West London, in the capital city of Great Britain. Joining me as always to talk about the Cardiff City-related news and views, it's Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben Price, how many steps have you done today? According to my phone, (laughs) I've done 18. 18 steps. And Tom, how many steps have you done today? Uh, 29,900. We're a podcast of contrast. Some of us are lazy, <laughs> some of us walk everywhere. I, on the other hand, have done four and a half thousand steps. Uh, I walked to get pizza at lunchtime. Um, <laughs> what are your step counts? Tweet us, twitter.com forward slash VFT Um, There's only one place to start, Ben. That's with the QPR game yesterday. And it feels like we're a bit of a broken record. Not a great first half, a better second half. Is that a common theme under Steve Morrison? Yeah, it seems to be, doesn't it? It seems to be he's very bad at setting out his teams to begin with, but very good <laughs> at correcting it. Yeah. It's as if he's one game ahead for everything of going, oh, fuck, I wasn't expecting this, and then we're somehow working it out. But yeah, first half weren't great. And then, to be honest, the second half wasn't great until he made the substitutions, and then it picked up dramatically. But the first 20 minutes of that first half were horrendous. Oh, second almost- half, sorry. <laughs> What do you think the problem is there? Like, as Ben says, he seems to be able to work it out in-game, but he can't seem to set his team up perhaps properly from the start. Is it is it naivety? Is it him just not... Him being able to be a better reactive manager than it is a, a proactive manager? I don't know. I, I, I didn't think we were that bad for some of the first half, though. I thought we started okay. We had a chance early on with Hugill. I thought we were kind of... Invited, they created very little for large mm. periods of that first half, but we didn't look like we were going to score either. It was an okay away performance, but yeah, going back to the like, the, it, I'm not sure what it is. It, it you can see how, as a manager, he's the type of like manager who could get a reaction out of a team who you get into them at half time and stuff like that. But I don't know why that doesn't translate to before the first half. It's, I think we, we're a better team when other teams tire as well because that's when space opens up and we like we catch teams on the break. We're quite quick in transition. We're, we're never going to be a team who cuts like, other teams apart. So I think that might have something to do with it. But it, I suppose it is a little bit worrying. But I don't know, as long as you score two in the second half, I'll take it. You've already alluded to it, Ben. Uh, the substitution changed to half, and Tom, you talked about it there. We kind of we got the pace to to change things. Isaac Davis came on, and he kind of changed the game, didn't he? Just stretched it, didn't he? Just pulled players about, and the movement just was suddenly stepped up a little bit. And just yeah, he was just a nightmare to deal with. Like you see, just from his goal, you saw just how much hard work he is. Mm-hmm. Was he nineteen? Twenty, I think. He's twenty, and sort of to have that strength and that muscle, like experienced championship players, to get into that position. Um, yeah, he was unbelievable but also like credit to Morrison there because I think the easy substitution in that situation is Cole Wilford Davis mm-hmm. and he didn't go with that he went for Volks instead who to be honest I thought was one of the better was probably the better midfielder on the day I thought it was a bit harsh for him to come off and um, for him to do that and sort of change it and drop Colwell into the 10 where he's clearly much more comfortable I think it's pretty obvious now that and probably the worry for Colwell going forward is that we don't really normally play with a 10 in every game mm. So he's not going to get the 40 
sort of appearances he wants next season. If we continue with this style, he's going to sort of be a not a bit park figure, but it's going to be certain games that he's suitable in, and that's sort of how he's been used this year as well. So yeah, for him to go take the make that change and bring put Cole into that ten, change the game and get, I think it created more space for Davis to create to create those runs as well, and for Hugo to do his thing. It was just good, good game management by all by all accounts. Um, Tom Ben mentions there about Cole perhaps not being the starter that he probably wants to be in next season. Does that mean then that that Davis and it seems to be this way in more recent weeks is, is Davis more integral to the way we play in our immediate future? Yeah, I'd say so. That yeah, at the moment, yeah, if we're going to carry on playing the formations and stuff we do, and I think he just harries defenders. You know, he's just an absolute pain in the ass. Like I'd, I'd hate to play against him. Like he's just. You think you've got a bit of time on the ball? He comes running from nowhere. He chases down lost causes, like, and he's he's just electric. He's so exciting mm-hmm. to watch. I mean, can you imagine if you've got tired legs, fifteen minutes left in the game, and he's running around? You know, he's it's going to be dreadful for any defender. But yeah, in terms of him being the main man, I, I I'd change our formation to get Colwell in there. I don't know what he is. I don't know what system he'd fit into. I don't think I'd even find... he really knows what he is. No, but he's still so young. Yeah, I try and find it though. Because he, he's got class about him, isn't he? He's got some. He's so exciting to watch. He's so ungainly. He almost looks quite cumbersome at times. When stuff goes wrong, he look. It makes him look a bit of a fool at times when he makes a, he- a heavy touch and stuff. But God, he's got something about him. He's he's got that X factor we haven't seen from a player for for us for a long time. We'll get, we'll get on to natural pop- ability. Sorry, mate. Just natural ability. Colwell is just unbelievable. The ball at his feet. I've yeah. never seen so. Like, I put a tweet out saying, and some question that said. Is he, is he as good as Ramsey? I think just natural football ability, I think he's as good as Ramsey was for us at, at this stage of his career. I'm not saying he's at the level Ramsey's ever got to, but for Ramsey at Cardiff, the first time round, yeah, I definitely think he's up there with him. He's a very exciting player. We could, we'll we we'll talk about um, his free kick in a little bit. Obviously, we've kind of touched upon it already, Ben, but Isaac Davis's goal was probably a little bit controversial. Um, the EFL on Quest, uh, Ian Holloway, um, he thought it was a foul on Rob Dickey. Um, two things, was it a foul? And B, if it wasn't a foul, which it wasn't, in my opinion, uh, should Rob Dickey be s- stronger there against someone like Isaac Davis? Yeah, you can up against a 20-year-old, like, he's not a big lad, Davis. Like, he's not got, he's not, got the, he's not Adibaya Confender sort of strength, is he? But the way Dickey went over, you think he was. He was just out fought for it. It's, I, don't, I don't see how that's a foul. I also, I also mm. think if, if Holloway's talking about another club other than QPR, I don't think he says it's a foul either. So, yeah, he's just got to be stronger. He's got to do better. He's a 20-year-old lad against a senior player who's played a lot of championship football that knows how strong he needs to be in this. And he was just out for Tom, um, do you agree? Yeah, I do, completely. I think he, he went over too easily. He, he made a bit of a meal out of it. He just got caught the wrong side of him. And he tried to get a free kick out of it when he, he just got out for like Like Ben said, I don't think it's a foul at all. Um, let's talk about Marshall's goalkeeping for that goal as well then Tom um, he makes a good save um, but I don't think I don't know if he did he need stronger wrists behind it it, it feels like the Marshall of, of Cardiff would have would have got behind that properly the Marshall of QPR just seemed to spoon it up in the air and let it drop in behind him I think he was unlucky to be honest with you it was a good to go behind him I think it, you know it's, it, it's a powerful shot from close range he did well to get behind it and I think he was just the way it ricocheted off him, I think he was a bit unfortunate. But when you know you're trying to dive back and claw it out from your own goal, it's always going to make you look worse than it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, 
I suppose you could lay a bit of blame, and you're probably right. I think earlier in his career, he might have kept that out, but he just doesn't look as confident as anymore, does he? Nah, he's not the same. There's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, it, it, it does look a weird goal. I didn't have a clue that he'd gone in being in the stand. No, I, I, I were appealing. I, well, I was appealing just for a laugh, just because <laughs> you do appeal for stuff. And then he gave yeah. it. I was in shock. I must have imagined Obviously- it. Even watching back on the highlights, it's impossible to really see whether it goes. Yeah. Obviously, the, the referee has their, their their goal line technology, so it did go in because obviously, if the watch has gone off, it it has to have gone behind the line. But every angle they show, it's impossible to see how close it was and how far behind the line it was. Um, um, but I think I think the funniest part about the goal is when you watch it back, you you realise that Rob Dickey is obviously starts complaining to the referee, doesn't get back in time when. Um, Davis shoots the keeper obviously marshals saves it and yeah Dickie turns around to start complaining again at the referee then turns around to see that it's a goal it's like this like almost like stage show of him not really realising what's actually happening um, Ben we've already touched upon it but let's talk about Rubin's free kick uh, Davis won the foul again uh, Rubin stepped up it's in my opinion, it was Kumas-esque. Obviously, when Kumas came in, I think 2005-2006, he had a, a knack of being able to put a free kick from that close around the other side of the wall and pass the keeper. But Colwell got so much power on it, didn't he? Yeah, it was... It was I don't think I've seen a ball hit like that well to hit... No. That's exactly what Colwell's aiming for. It. The accuracy, the power, the bend, the swerve, just everything. It was like, he's not going to hit another one like that again in training for another couple of months. It's sort mm. of the perfect shot, just yeah, just class from it. And it's it's been a while since we've seen a when was the last free kick? What Wilson's for the Birmingham game? Probably the last free kick I think I can remember scoring. I think so, unless you know, Volks and Rolls have been very inconsistent. Volks used to take a couple, but he hasn't scored direct from a free kick, I don't think. But I don't think any of them have scored a free kick as good as that. Well, Wilson arguably has for us, but yeah, that was stunning and so good to see a young player like that have the confidence to try that as well. And fair play to Rawls for giving up as well, because it's sort of, it's quite central. It didn't really suit either sided footed player. Yeah. So either or could have had it and have had just the same chance. It wasn't set like that. It was just, yeah, credit to Rawls for going, go on, you have a go. And fair play to him for absolutely just burying it, because, yeah, just caused carnage as well in the stands, but looks things as well. There's a great photo. So we'll talk about the stands reaction. There's a great photo of, um, Ryan Wintle running behind Colwell. Um, and you, you can see in Wintle's face, he can't quite believe what's happened as he's looking over the fans. Um, limbs, Tom, is that the, the correct phrase? Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't break my back, to be honest. It went absolute, it was absolute carnage up there. But like, there was like a, an air of inevitability about it. I think we thought, I think he's going to score this. There was just that hush there. You People can feel it, can't you? Like yeah. the, 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 it was like electricity that comes over the air. But like a big shout out to Aidan Flint as well with his absolute shit housery before the free kick was taken, just standing in the way of David Marshall. So David Marshall <laughs> bend over to try and move the ball, and Flint would just move with him. And I, I think I took a picture of it. I sent it across Opera on Twitter. It's so funny. Like every time Marshall moved, Flint went with him, just blocking any view of the ball, so he just couldn't see what was going on. And I think he's it's from that a moment, lot, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just, he's a, just a lump in Flint. He's just going to get in the way no matter what. And he's on a wind-up all the time at the moment. After the game, he was um, just shushing the QPR fans and just giving them a little wave and stuff. He seems to be really enjoying it at the moment. And I think he's been absolutely like a colossus for us over the last I, I, week or so. I think I we've, kind of, months, sorry. we've kind of stopped talking about him. And I think that's a good thing because yeah. at the start of the season, we talked about him because he was scoring lots of goals. Then there was the middle bit under McCarthy where everything was bad. But I think his 
weaknesses were accentuated by perhaps the players around him, but also the fact that it was a really bad run. But I think since Christmas, definitely, maybe even slightly before, but since we've been on this better run under Morrison, he's become, I think, a key performer. Like we've, we've highlighted McGuinness, obviously NG's moved alongside him. I think NG's mobility and McGuinness's solidity has probably helped Flint and Flint's really thriving underneath it. Um, so I, I think, think yeah, we deserve some praise. He definitely does, but I don't think it's been quite that long. I think because I think I was really worried. We changed Morrison, came back into the side because before that, Flint wasn't performing at his best, was he? Sort no. of came in. It was sort of it was obvious that a change would need to be made, made then. And then when Morrison did his ACL, um, I started getting a bit worried then because I thought we might be in for a long sort of last half of the season. Him out, Flint back in. But since then, he's come on leaps and bounds, and he's been probably been the best centre half we've had all he's probably been the best centre half of the season now just based off this little run alone probably our most consistent performer um, especially uh, let's talk about Carwell before we talk about the rest um, kind of playing Tom as a guess what kind of role he was playing yesterday was almost like a false nine um, alongside Hugo because uh, we've got three midfielders there so he's not really a midfielder he's not really a striker it's again do, do we actually know what his best position is I don't think so because it didn't work um, until he dropped back in when Volks went off, it, it didn't it didn't work for him, and then it did. And then the last twenty minutes or so, he was fantastic. So I think we'll slow we'll slowly find out what he is. But he's just he's just clearly a talented footballer, but we can't quite pigeonhole yet. Yeah. Like I I don't know. He's a bit unlucky that we have to rely on kind of work ethic and just dogged determination from our players at the moment. So we, and we can't really afford a luxury player like him on the field for a full 90 minutes at the moment because we haven't got enough class there. But I think that's why the summer now would be important to get certain... You almost want to bring in types of players that you could play with him. And I think that has got to be taken into consideration when we're looking around to bring bring more bodies in in the summer because he's just class, man. And like there's just an excitement every time he has the ball. The fans get a, like a lift from it. And I'm so excited to see more. Like you don't get added to the Euro squad for Wales. No, unless you've got something about you. Unless you've got something about it. They wanted to see more of him. They wanted him in and around that team. He's obviously got a bit, something about him that people are seeing. So we've just got to find what, how he fits into that team. It could be, it could be integral to us if we want to, you know, push for playoffs maybe next year. I think I saw someone on Twitter, um, he said a neutrally went down to the QPR game and he highlighted Colwell as someone who's destined for the Prem. And you've already mentioned that you know, shades of Ramsey when he was with us in that in that opening period. Um, what do you think his ceiling is? Um, is he is he prem bound? Is he is he going to be a top performer in a championship? But you know, where do you see him going? Because the sky's the limit, really. That's what I think is exciting, isn't it? It's, I can't. There is a, the only limit is where he think wherever he sort of ends up. It's down to him to sort of put the mm. effort in, the work rate, and develop now because. As good as he is and the potential is there, he's nowhere near the finished article yet. And that's what's exciting about it. If he can nail it, develop as well as he could, there's a top, like, like you wouldn't be shocked to see him playing for a top four side. You wouldn't be shocked to see him make it to the Champions League. And yeah, just go on and have one of the most amazing careers I think any Cardiff City Academy players ever had. He, you could say he can rival Ramsey, basically. Yeah, he could surpass him. I think he could. He's got the Whoa. potential. He's got the potential to Whoa. be the best Cardiff City academy player of all time. Tom, I hope you're right, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. I don't know. He, he does strike the way he strikes a ball and stuff is so clean, That's so technique. pure, isn't it's, it? Yeah, yeah. His technique, the is way he flawless. runs, it's effortless. It's just this. 
it's a natural ability that's there that you can't teach. And as good as Davis is, I think I can see more of a ceiling with Davis than I can with Colwell. Yeah, I think I, it's more of a. I think Colwell. I agree with you on that point. Yeah, something there about him that I think if he develops like he's got the potential to, and he stays injury free, and everything goes his way. There's a monster of a player in there. I, th- I think in, in, in respect to Davis, I think Davis is probably almost at his top level. And I think he's just a more clear-cut footballer, isn't he? You know exactly where you're going to play him. You know exactly how you're going to get best out of him. I think the Colwell, the Colwell question still needs to be resolved as to what his best position is before we'll really see the best out of him. I think seeing those two players together is huge for us as well. Like yeah. we saw at Liverpool, like we saw again in the QPR game, they've got an understanding and he's... And, Isaac Davis is the ideal person to play with Colwell. He, he's permanently making runs and Colwell is good enough to find him. So yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to see that combination, um, especially now that we're, we're safe now. Like, let's, let's try it. Let's start those two together. Let's be a little bit more gun-ho for a couple of games. We don't need to sit back and try and grind out a draw away from home now. Let's, let's, let's actually have a go at a team. You know, uh, there's an opportunity now to try stuff we haven't tried. And I think that's the exciting thing for the end. It's almost a good situation for us that we've got nothing to play for, even higher up, because we, we can try these combinations that we wouldn't have the, the luxury of doing if we were still in like a playoff race. Uh, talking about those two together, uh, has anyone got a young photo of young Isaac and young Ruben together? I haven't seen one recently. Um, if you have <laughs> if got they one, have, they should tweet it. Cause, yeah, yeah, tweet it at the podcast, please, because I'd love to see it. Um, I think they were they may have been at Wembley together or something. I don't really know. Um, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for for, for the record. Um, and Ben, how, uh, how important was it that we exercised our London hoodoo? Um, I think our last win in London in the league um, was the Brentford game in the season we got promoted um i think when bamba scored that banger um since then it's 16 league games without a win if you include watford in london which we don't think it is in london we did beat watford once and we beat fulham in the playoffs but 16 league games without a win clues losses at tottenham that 6-1 loss um at qpr lost you know draws at charlton draws with millwall i think we've lost to qpr twice in that time it feels like a millstone off off of our neck doesn't it yeah, it's nice to see the true capital. Pavel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you froze there for a minute, Ben. I thought no, you were just want to have a dig at London. Yeah, it's nice. What's enough. wrong with London? It's nice to get a win there. What's wrong, What's wrong with, London? with London? Lovely place. Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't Most sound like part? it. What's your least favourite part of London? Mine's QPR. I can't yeah. stand it. <laughs> Shepherd's Bush is pretty rough. I used to live there. Exactly. Wow, very nice. Um, moving on, Tom, to what could have been. Um, I did a little maths earlier. Um, got my calculator out. Look back on the games that Morrison's been in charge for. I think it's around 21 games now. Uh, he's been interim caretaker and then, oh, sorry, interim caretaker manager, then manager to the end of the season and full-time manager now until 2023. Since he's been in charge, we've averaged around one and a half points per game. Um, I think if that was extrapolated over the course of the season, it would take us to around 67 points at the season's end. Um, not quite enough for the playoffs over the past few seasons, but would have had us about three points off it. Um, seen us knocking on the door. Do you look back at the start of the season and wonder what could have been? Not particularly, because I think we, we're still lacking quality in certain parts of the pitch. And I know we've picked up points recently, but I don't think 
Morrison would have had as lenient a ride from the fans if he was brought in earlier. It was so mm-hmm. bad under McCarthy leeway when he first started because there have been games under Morrison that have been atrocious at times and you know we've had some poor results as well so I, I, I'm I not in that kind of what could have been camp I'm just quite looking forward going like going into next season There's, he's a man with a plan and he's getting the youngsters involved so uh, yeah I'm really excited to see what's on the corner Ben do you look back and think what could have been? Not really I think the more I'm looking at the more I'm seeing the car I've seen McCarthy as sort of a necessary evil. We had to go through this sort of dire spell to really help. I don't suppose the fans and sort of understand what we needed going forward is to make the board see that mm. the club can't carry on how it was going. It needed to change from top to bottom. So yeah, yeah, like like Tom wonderfully put it, don't look for, don't look back, only look forward. I guess I think it's just there's always a sense of kind of what could have been for me because the McCarthy. You know, last season was all well and good. Like he, he took us on that great run, got us, you know, took us on knocking on the door of the playoffs. But the start of the season was just so desolate that I failed to see how it could have been any worse with another manager in charge. You know, that 10, nine game run or whatever it was, we lost every game. And Middlesbrough came to us under Warnock and looked incredible in comparison to us, which was meant it's just it, I, like six weeks later. Who um, Warnock? Yeah, Warnock, Sorry, yeah. Like McCarthy was sacked after the game, but yeah, Warnock, Warnock didn't out, yeah, didn't last much longer. Um, I just wonder what could have been. But you talk about the future, um, Tom. We've already seen the start of that this week. Um, Morrison has been doing what he kind of hinted that he couldn't do at the at the point where he was caretaker. He's been sorting out contracts. Um, Isaac Davis signed a new deal until I think it was twenty twenty five with the year extension options. That's a uh, tied down for another three years plus one. Um, Scott Semenyo obviously came on against Liverpool for his debut to a new contract, which suggests that he's going to be part of the future planning. Um, next season could be quite exciting, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I'm really excited. We need to keep hold of yeah, like that contract with Isaac Davis is huge because I think they've they've already said that there's been a few Premier League teams keeping an eye on him. So at least we'd get some money for him if he did go. But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. We can't afford to let anyone go. Um who we want to keep, I mean, because we need because we need bodies through the door as well. And you know, Isaac Davis, that's that's a huge benefit. I think everyone is saying we want to tie rolls down as well. Um then that they're, they're the biggest groups we could get, really. Um, but I am excited. You know, it's good to see as soon as Morrison has signed a contract to be permanent manager, he's straight there again. The contract's done. Like, he's not messing around. And I'm hoping we see a few more now over the coming weeks. Ben, is that the important thing? Obviously, we, we talked about uh, the, the the contract situation. We could talk about it forever. We've talked about it on recent podcasts. But at this stage, obviously, we can't keep everyone. We know that. There's going to be players who are going to leave. Um, and I think we're starting to see the players, people like Pack, people like Bakuna, they're the ones who look like they're going to be on the way out of the door already. Is it now just about tying down those players, as Tom said, Isaac Davis's, um, who have that future resale value? You know, if we're going to be, if people are going to be sniffing around our players, we want to be getting good good money for them. And tying down Davis, Colwell, whoever else to contracts is going to be the way to do that. Yeah, 100%. It's ensuring we don't go through what we've been before with players that sort of come through our academy that have prospects that we let we lose in a free. We're not going to have a repeat of the Joe Ledley, uh, Adam Matthews situation. But also, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that these players or the players behind them see, right, if I establish myself and things go well, the club are going to reward me. This is going to be recognised by the club. It's not going to be a case of they're going to try and string me along for as long as possible on a youth contract. Yeah. If I've earned a new contract, the club are going to give it to us and sort of invest in us and to prove 
that they're serious about this youth movement coming through because it's very easy to sort of like have these kids go through and then just sort of not think about them as sort of important and tying down because they're on low wages. They're not really a huge thought from the club. So that's huge for them. And yeah, to build going forward as well, it's all just, all just ties together and sort of relieves the stress on the manager, on the players, everything, just everyone's secure. They can knuckle down now and sort of concentrate on next season and really kicking on. Yep, all very exciting. And talking about exciting things, if you want to have some exciting posts coming your way, you should take advantage of our Manscaped offer from our sponsors. Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFTNinian for 20% off your purchase. That's VFTNinian for 20% off your purchase. Trust us, your balls will thank you. Let's move on to Twitter, our favourite place. Um, we've got some questions. Uh, Daniel Morgan has been in touch, not with a um, a jokey question this week, which is a bit disappointing from him. Better up step, step up next week, Daniel. Um, ben, is this our golden generation? Can't help but get excited. Isaac Rubin and Bagging of standouts this year for me. Announced promotion next year with two flame emojis in there. Um, We've had fits and bursts, but it does feel a bit like our golden generation, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite funny how we've gone from Warnock saying that there was no one in that academy good enough to make the breakthrough to this crop in, what, three years? Yeah. So it was literally just the class behind the one that Warnock was dealing with was just an absolute monster. So, yeah, yeah it's really, really fun to see. Uh, Nathan Davis, Tom, feel like Flint has stepped up massively since the Morrison injury, been a solid pro at the back. That's what we've been saying. Hopefully the club can sort a contract for him and he can accept a pay cut. Also, and this is the question, Tom, is it time to get Denham in for McGuinness, who has looked jaded in the past few weeks? Uh, 100%. Um, I think he's been quite sloppy. You know, he's a 21-year-old who's played a lot of football this season. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like a stack at him a little bit. Now he, he could, I think Morrison said in press conferences himself, he could do with the rest, but... And then he said McGinnis won't like it, but he's got to, I think he's got to take him out in the next over the next couple of games because well, he's just not been good enough, really. And it, it, that might be down to tiredness, but he's he was being brought in uh, for large periods of this season. So yeah, he, he's uh, earned uh, a break as well, to be honest. Uh, Ryan, friend of the pod from Alternative Wales, and this one's directed directly at you, Tom. So I hope you get ready to answer some accusations. Um, mm-hmm. I was stood a few rows behind Tom and witnessed some vile hand gestures towards the home end. Not the Nazi kind, thankfully, which is good to know that you weren't doing that. Good Should to get a banning that order. Out, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Should you get a banning <laughs> order? Um, I think you should get a banning order, but Tom, it's it's up to you to defend yourself. Um, I don't know what hand gestures you may have been doing. I assume 
you're doing that thing where they hit a shot go wide and you go Wee, and pull your fingers <laughs> apart. I did or a couple of those. You, you did a couple of those, or you might have just been waving at them. But it's, it's up to you now to defend yourself. Um, but I just really don't like QPR. Uh, and I got very carried away in the last 15 minutes when we went 2-1 up. And I was just giving him a big wave continuously. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was in the second row of the stand. I forgot that there's hundreds of people behind me. And I was I, I was so excitable. I, it's the most I've enjoyed an away game in a long time. And I really wanted to rub it in. I remember was it the West the West Brom away game where we managed to, to rile up that guy so much that he, his kids had to calm him down. Yeah, that was because uh, he wanted. He did want. He generally did want to come and try and fight a few Cardiff fans. Um, ben, long overdue win against QPR at their place, but some way to do it. Subs were excellent and carried out SM's tactics in the second half really well. Colin and Davis, the future of our football. Also, a question as of right now: Would you give a contract to Flint or Mozza or both? Um, Ooh, it's a tough one. I should see it. It's a tough one. Like my heart says, give it to Morrison, but. I think based on current form, Flint is in is working his bollocks off to win that new deal, which mm-hmm. I didn't think even six weeks ago, I don't think I'd be saying. I think I was would have been saying let him go and just sort of move on in that situation. So um I'll stick with my heart for now and say if it's one of the two, I'd give it to Jess Morrison. Just Morrison, indeed. Um, I can't see the name on this one. Chris Stephen Davis is clearly going to have PLIs on him at this rate. While I would prefer us to keep him, every player has his price. What do you value him at? And could this be another talent eventually sold for Harvey Kearney Worley in a packet of crisps again? Tom, obviously that new contract we talked about, it was with Kiev signing down, it's Premier League um, eyes on him. Where do you see his value at the moment? I don't think he's that high just yet. I think by the end of the season, it could be. I... I, I... I, I can't see a team coming in and paying over five or six million for him at the moment. Um, and that's probably a bit of a stretch as well because um, he's, he's got some improvements to make, but he could be worth double, um, you know, over 10 mil or something in, in, a, in six months' time or something because he, he's scoring goals and he's a pain in the ass and he is, he is making season silly at times. So it, it is an exciting one. Next question, please. Uh, Joe Williams, how does Cole will fit into our system going forward? Seemed, didn't seem to him work with him playing up top and we have Doyle as the attacking midfielder. I didn't get really talk on this earlier, but maybe we maybe he's the replacement for Doyle if we can't keep him next year. Um, obviously, we play Doyle as that kind of forward-facing midfielder. It doesn't work with Cole up top, so maybe when Doyle goes, that's where, where Cole was earmarked in this season. It's just about getting him experience in those games, playing wherever we can, really. Um, next question from Jamie Pryor. Um, ben, I'll come to you on this one. Superb one yesterday, and the young lad's doing the business. Is Joe Rawls more important than Tommy Doyle? For me, if you replace Doyle for Rawls yesterday, we don't come back and win that game. Still feel he is the first name on the team sheet when fit. Do you agree? Yeah, I think but I think they do very different roles. I think Joe Rawls is like vital in just sort of keeping that midfield going. He's the engine that sort of makes everything happen. Doyle mm-hmm. then sort of adds the link between the midfield and the strikers. Um, I think it's easy. It's easier to sort of look at that squad and say, right, we can like we've just said it with Colwell. We could, we could probably replace Doyle next year if he doesn't sign again with Ruben Colwell. Um, I look look at that sort of team and wonder if Joe Rawls does depart at the end of the season. I don't see how we're going to replace him. That made me sad. Um, Tom, does Davis deserve a call up for the Wales squad alongside Colwell for the playoffs, whatever that may be? 
Yeah, probably because if Mark Harris has been getting into Wales squads, Isaac yeah. Davis should be because he's been Mark Harris. He's like he's what we wanted from Mark Harris, to be honest with you. Like they're yeah. both energetic players who run around a lot, but Isaac Davis has that bit more of a killer instinct at the end of it. So I don't see him getting much game time, but I think it'd be a great time to bring him into the squad. I don't think Colwell will get a call up yet. He's not played that much football for us at the moment. So I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Isaac Davis um, included for sure. And then his follow-up question, will one R Morrison, that's a good way of referring to him, instead of Morrison one R, building the team around Colwell and Davis next season. He keeps saying Colwell needs to improve his overall game, but when he produces moments like that, he strikes me as wit's player. He'll never track back but can turn a game on his head. Ben, do you, th- do you see us building the team around him? Not out and out building the team around him, but I think he'll be a very important player like in the future. But I also think Morris has, Morris has got a huge point where he's saying he doesn't do enough tracking back because in the system we play, you can't afford to have a wit-sess player. You can't afford to have a luxury player. You need all players like working at 100% capacity for 90 minutes, otherwise the system just falls apart and we get exploited. We've seen countless times this... Well, the QPR game is a prime example. The goal we conceded was because someone switched off. Mm-hmm. You switch off for that, little, for that one minute period and we're put under pressure and we're punished. Um, and this system can't allow that to happen until Colwell does that. It might be a case of becoming a bit part player, but um, yeah, I don't think he'll ever be the player we build around, but I think he'll be a vital player despite that. K49745, can we spare a second for the guy next to me in the away end who stood on a seat during the limbs at one all and got kicked out for waving the broken seat just as Colwell was lining up the free kick? Uh, moment of silence for that. <laughs> Um, Jensen CCFC with Gavin White's good performance for Oxford's is he an option for right wing back next season Tom I think Gavin White's an option but not a right wing back I don't know because he, he's not good enough going forward like attacking wise if he's in a more advanced role so perhaps wing back could work I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched much of his performances for Oxford this season. I think he's. I think he's just in a. He's in a rich vein of form. I saw. I saw that. Yeah, but he might. He might be an option. <laughs> like you, you know, we've ended up playing like Perry and G, you know, central, and nobody thought of doing that at first. So perhaps, perhaps it could work because it hasn't really worked out for Gavin White so far with us. No. And to be honest with you, it didn't look like he was working at Oxford for a while. He's in form at the moment. Comes back to us and can show a little bit for us. He's in ridiculous yeah, he have... form, though. He's gone. Yeah, yeah he like, didn't have a great start to shite, the season. Shite stats to one goal, but 10 assists in 28 games. It's pretty good. Pretty good going. Um, ben, George, Lilly, is it time to play more youth or should we wait until after the derby? <laughs> it's quite funny we're sort of bringing that up again, sort of question, should we play the youth when literally all we've done is speak about the youth players coming through. I um, said more youth, Ben. Did you not listen? Uh, no, not properly. I guess I guess you know when we when when we played Liverpool we had Denham King and obviously Semenyo came off the bench um and obviously going into the the you know we're, we're pretty much safe now is it time just to give them more game time yeah but only in the right situation I still think the players need to you need to get momentum going to next season you you finish the season strongly you definitely go into that next season a lot more confident a lot with a more spring in your step. We sort of didn't finish the season great last year and we started even worse. Mm. Um, the year we went up under Warnock, we finished that season really strongly and we're really excited going into the next season and look what happened. Um, I think it's finding the balance between the two. But yeah, it definitely isn't going to hurt from going forward sort of saying that if you, if a player's got a niggle, a senior player's got a niggle 
and there's like a more important game coming up, resting them, bringing in a youth player like Eli King or Denham's a keen example, we'll take dropping him out from the Guinness. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely something we should be looking at doing. But I don't think someone like McGuinness is going to get dropped till Nelson's back fit. Uh, Anthony Jones, watching watching Isaac Davis' interview, is it about time that we understand Morrison knows exactly what he's doing? Some players need a hug. Some players need calling out. Generally think he's going to become a top, top manager. I think I've got a bit of a man crush. Tom, that question, obviously, uh, Davis is, is in a rich vein of four. He's playing really well. I understand the point around some players need a hug and some players need to be need a rocket up the arse, but do you think doing it in public? I think I think my my whole thing with that is that he did it in public. He did it so publicly that that was where my issue always was. Yeah, and I, I don't think he'd do that again. Um, I don't think he would either. I think he's I think he's, I, I, he's clever now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he got that wrong. And yeah, like you said, it's where you do the rocket up the ass treatment, isn't it? You do it behind closed doors. You know, you 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 have a go at him, you, but you protect your players from the public public scrutiny. Yeah, you know that's not the place to do it, especially a young lad like that. But you know, I I I do like. Morrison's kind of man management. He clearly does know how to get the best out of certain players in that squad. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, he's impressing me more and more week on week because I, um, um, a few, like a few months ago, but he is, he's made, made big changes to the way we play. We we're so direct now, but direct with a purpose. We, we, we're, not, we have, we're never going to be a team with loads and loads of possession. He's found that out after trying yeah. a bit more passing style. And he, he's adapted again where we sit back, invite pressure, and we break. And it's quite, despite only having like 30% possession or 27, whatever it was yesterday, it is quite good to watch now. Like I enjoy games now. And I, I wasn't enjoying watching Cardiff for, for months under McCarthy. So I like, I, I yeah, I, I'm waffling on a bit here. We were asking about Isaac Davis, but I am impressed by Morrison at the moment. You really did waffle on then, Tom. Sorry, I'm <laughs> uh, Two last questions. Uh, Ellis Hearn, do you think next season with the right players brought in, we can challenge for the top six or do you think that's too much of a jump? Ben, I've already said that on Morrison's form, we've been knocking on the door of the playoffs. It's not too big of a jump, is it? If we get the right players in. No, it's as much who comes in, who goes out as well. It's if we do lose someone like Rawls, like how do we replace them? Yeah, that. The momentum of this club, like the club seems to be moving on the pitch in the right direction. Things seem to go in our way. So, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why we can't look at the playoff charge next year. Tom? Yeah, agreed. I think we've been beating teams who are in and around the mix as well. Like we've beaten Cupiana, we've, we've beaten Forest twice. Like we, we've still got a little bit to go. But I think there are some in the championship at the moment as well. And I'd expect to finish above a couple of the ones who are above us at the moment in, in the current league table, you know. So I, I think we could be knocking on the door just because the standard elsewhere isn't fantastic. And I don't think we need to see a huge increase um, um, to our performance rates for us to be climbing up the league next year. I also think the teams coming down next year aren't going to be as strong. Mm. I think Norwich probably will be there or thereabouts pushing for promotion. But I think if you're looking at something like Watford coming down, Oh, they, 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 their squad will be decimated won't it yeah they can go either way they can go haven't the investment sort of come from Italy again sort of plowing a load of money and they go straight back up or they could easily do what West Brom are doing right now and sort of just languish in mid-table so yeah it's it's it could be a very competitive league next year I don't think this will be a particularly good league next year but I think it's going to be a very competitive league I think it'll be very open, especially with the teams coming up. You've got people like Rotherham and Wigan coming up and, and um, Wigan seem to have a lot of money to spend. Again, um, Rotherham will be probably a bit more, um, a bit have a bit more nouse around them because obviously they they went down last time um, 
in a bit of a whimper, but this time they probably have a bit more to them. And the last question uh, from from Ollie: Is it time to stop calling Wintle an unsung hero when everyone mentions how good he is in every game? Yes, I think Ryan Wintle has been a, a bit of a revelation since he's come back. And as much as I, we like a, an unsung hero, he is very much sung at the moment. So um, Ryan Wintle has been upgraded. The official upgrade from unsung to sung hero. Uh, congratulations, Ryan. Well done. Um, I wrote a kind of city conundrum, but I think it's a bit shit. So um, I'm just going to say it anyway and you can figure it out. Um, there's not really a conundrum. It's just a silly question. Um, a genie appears out of a lamp and offers you one wish related to Cardiff City. What do you wish for, Tom? Um, for the rebrand never to have happened. I think there's been damage that would just be irre- irreparable, I think. We've lost fans. It caused a divide that it spoiled football for me for years. Um, and, yeah, I just... have happened. It, it was just an awful, awful time to be a Cardiff fan. Ben? Tom's gone way too real with that. I was going to say for like at the halftime entertainment to only be a dance off between Bartley and Die Hunt. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, um, I've ch- I'll change my answer. I want Ben's one as well, please. <laughs> well, I was going to say um, on the halftime entertainment thing, can we bring back Wicks on me shed, son? Um, one of the greatest halftime competitions I've ever seen where you had to kick a ball into a, a shed. <laughs> <laughs> I just, missed, I, I just missed the kids' games because the tackles that went in there, there was always one kid that just went too far with two foot, like half the team, half his teammates. It was amazing. To be honest, at, at Ninian Park at times, the halftime games with the kids were much more entertaining than some of the football I saw in like Division 3 and Division 1. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Tom, you're going to change your answer. I just, I just like Ben's answer, to be fair. So, I, uh, I think the halftime entertainment needs to be improved again. I, I thought they tried some real, real interesting things in Ninian Park. They were always like hanging stuff off the goalpost and trying to kick things through them. And there was a rubber ring for a while. They, I remember they, the they, ring. Yeah, it's shockers, but it was fun to watch. I, I, I want to see riskier. But I took part in uh, the halftime entertainment once and it was trying to kick the ball in the goal from the halfway line without it bouncing. And I almost did it. That was in Indian Park. Um, but it's just, you get on the pitch, you realise how, how big everything is. Like, I guess, especially Ninian Park, when you look, you look, you know, Ninian Park was so compact that you think actually it's quite a small space, but you get in the middle of the pitch, you're like, it's a wider pitch than normal. The stands are actually quite overbearing when you get on the pitch. You're like, oh my God, actually, this is quite intimidating. Um, well, that was the Cardiff City conundrum. Um, back for, for good. I don't know. It depends if I remember to do it again next week. Um, and that's the truth of the matter. And now moving on to Preston, Ben, where we could talk about everyone's favourite player, Josh Murphy. Hooray. I've missed back. this. Yay. Um, do you think we should bring him back to... No, I'm joking. Um, Preston... Five um, year, a new five-year deal. Yes. New, I think he, he's back from injury. He got minutes at, at the weekend for the first time in a little while. So it's a good timing for him to come back. I assume... If he's still on loan, we won't have he won't be able to play um, for them against us. Um, they beat Bournemouth this weekend, Ben. Um, under McAvenny, they looked pretty bad. Under Ryan Lowe, they seem to have been a, a bit of a resurgence. Um, it's always a bit of a hoodoo when we play Brest, Preston. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Do you think we got a chance? Yeah, it's one of those ones. It feels very similar to QPR, but I think Preston are actually in a bit of better form than they have been in QPR. Like a last-minute winner against... Bournemouth is going to do anyone's sort of confidence yeah. the world are good. But I just, Preston, they always seem to just be needing a striker. Like, yes. I don't know how, for how long we've, like, I think as long as I follow football, all I've thought, all you ever hear about Preston is when it's sort of analysis is 
yeah, they're not too far off. They just need a goal scoring striker. Um, yeah. They got that jacket, so now it's got 70. You broke up then, Tom. I did, yeah. Uh, yeah, saying that, yeah, they got that jacket, and it's got 17 for them this season. I think that's why I think they're starting to push on now. They, they have yeah. got that goal scorer, and I think he could be a real thorn in our side um, come the weekend. Like, he's just he's just a handful. He's and a big think, boy, isn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. our, our centre-halves are going to have their work cut out. But who else is there who's going to have, make them have their work cut out? Ched Evans, that fucking prick. Um, they also have Josh Murphy, Tom. Um, he been injured back in the squad. Um, again, like I said, I'm not sure if he'll play or not. Um, what could have been, eh? Um, do you worry about him getting a job after he leaves Preston? <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't worry about him. Uh, he's just such a frustrating player, isn't he? Like, we've I've gone over this, this over I've and over, this. but yeah, he just. You think he's going to be great? He shows a flash of a brace against Huddersfield. You think he's going to be a world beater? Then he disappears for six months again. But Next season, right? He's that player that you wouldn't be surprised when he signs for a new club if he's linked with a Premier League move in January. Yeah. Or he's playing in League Two. He's on loan at Accrington. Yeah, yeah. The following season. It's just such a strange, strange player. Um, they've also got everyone's favourite left back, uh, Greg Cunningham. Um, Ben, I think he's injured at the moment, which is very true to form. So, um, what a waste of a signing he was. No, he had his purpose. We needed to cover there. It's just didn't. It's one of those moves that didn't work out. I, I don't mind cutting him all. We've made, we've made a lot worse signings. Oh, I know we made a lot worse. I just. And yeah. to be fair, he was quite good on Cardiff City TV comms as oh, well. Commentary, yeah. He was very good. He was actually. Yeah, he was very good. Lovely accent. This always confusing with commentary. I, I haven't moaned about the media team for a while now, and this isn't really a moan. It's more of sort of I'm confused with it. They've stopped doing before it was like the audio commentary and the video commentary were the same commentary. But now they've changed it that someone for away games, it's someone back at Cardiff City Stadium watching the same stream as you is commentating, while Mark Denham and whoever he's with are live at the state live in the away game, like for instance at QPR, commentating on the stream. It's really strange. It doesn't make much sense. I think it's because people can't be asked to travel that. To be honest, when it's a Tuesday night, yeah, yeah but why would you? They've got. Why would you have different? It's a different commentary team for audio than it is video. Oh yeah, good point. To know that you, you completely missed the point there, Tom. I did, I yeah. Think, I, I think that's your problem. Fix up ahead, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But I've also no, discovered this... that Huddersfield, um, their commentary is provided by BBC Radio Leeds. Interesting. Yeah, so there's there's many different ways of clubs doing it. I've just confused <laughs> why we're doing it that way. Um, if you've got any more examples of clubs doing their club commentary in a different way, um, tweet us, twitter.com forward slash VSC Ninian. When I was so frustrated with the club under Harris when we were playing Wickham away, I paid Wickham for their live stream during oh, lockdown. Was, yeah. And now I get an email every week from Wickham going, buy your pass for this week's game. And I'm like, I don't support you guys. Um, it was like a silly thing, wasn't it? A way of protesting um, the club that I bought the stream from another club. Like the things we do for football. Um Obligatory reminder that we lost 6-0 to Preston that season. Everyone remembers that. Good times, everyone. Um, and that's the Preston wrap-up. Ben, what's the prediction for the score? Uh, one all. Oh, Tom? 2-0 uh, Cardiff. 2-0 Cardiff. I'm going to go 3-1 Cardiff, and Ryan Lowe's going to get sent from the stands because him and Steve Morrison are obviously going to have a fight. I'd love to see that. 
Yeah, scrappy dude. Pressure's on, Pete, Tom. You've got the uh, QPR result right. Yeah. Optimistic again this week in case I'm somehow magic all of a sudden. So, yeah. What did I say for QPR? Did I say 2-0? No, you went for a draw because we both went for a win. Oh, yeah. I thought Ben went for a loss, you went for a win, so I went for a draw. I went went 2-0 win. Oh, I just went for a draw then just to be different because I'm a different bloke. Um, and that's it. Another episode of You from the Ninian in the can. Thanks for listening once again. If you like what we do, go to our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Give us a follow on there. Leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff. Uh, we do this for the love, not the money. If you want to give us some money because of that, you can go to our Kofi page, K-O-F-I. KO-FI.com forward slash VFT You can find all this stuff in the link tree on our Twitter profile. Ben, Tom, thanks for joining me once again. Enjoy your Sunday evenings. I'll see you next week. Cheers. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and...